there's this man named Jesus, and he did it all for us. And if you don't know him, he's here today to love on you Whew. and to get to know you in a new way. Even in the, um, even in the sense of feeling lukewarm, one foot in, one foot out, Jesus is here today to love you right out of that. He's not a God that condemns us. He's not a God that brings us shame. He's a God that loves us right where we are. And then because we fall in love with him, we want to change. We want to get free. We want to know him more. We want to fall more in love with him. And our desires begin to change. Our wants begin to just totally change. Because we can't live another day without him, him touching us. Without him changing our hearts. Without him shifting our minds. Because it's just boring that way. And really, really lame. God is a God that is so fun. And so full of joy. So full of life. <laughs> so Jesus is here guys he's here to love on each one of you man Jesus Jesus <laughs> I did this funny thing the other day well let me just tell you who I am I'm Joy I, my, my friend and I Crystal we do the Luke 418 ministry which is the healing and deliverance I did this funny thing a couple weeks ago Maybe it was only like a week and a half ago, and I was like, Jesus, I want you so much more. Deliver me from everything. <laughs> and, and then it started happening, and I was like, why? Why are you exposing the shame in my heart? Because he wants me to be free, and because I asked for it. <laughs> Guys, desperation will make Jesus show up quicker than anything. Holy Spirit will show up on the scene and change your life and restore things to you that have been ripped off from the enemy. The enemy has overplayed his hand long enough in the body of Christ. And we've just pretended like he's not here. Guess what? He was here with Adam and Eve. He came as a serpent to deceive Adam and Eve. And he's here now. But we have been given all authority through the blood of Jesus when he died on the cross and became a curse for us. He became a curse for us so that we don't have to live under the curse anymore, guys. So that we actually get to know who we are. Guys, once we accept Jesus into our life, if we'll fix our gaze on his eyes, if we'll fix our gaze on who he is, everything will change in your life. It'll stop all the striving. It'll stop all the trying. And you'll get into a place of rest. Where you get to just let him love on you. And in the process, you get delivered. You get delivered from shame, from fear, from disobedience, from rebellion. Amen. The only reason why I'm up here, guys, is because Jesus set me free of rebellion. When I was a little kid, my brother died right before me. And so my parents really loved me well. They really did. And they'd be like, Joy, don't touch that. And I'd be like, there it is. It was a generational curse that was coming down my line from my mother's side. 
she preaches about it this day. So what that little bit of rebellion did is it opened me up to tremendous amounts of rebellion as I began to walk with Christ. When I became a teenager, I was so involved in the church. I, I loved the Lord, but I didn't know that he loved me. And so I was striving for everything. I was trying to do the best I knew how to do. I was on the worship team. I was preaching at the youth group. I was doing every event for the youth. And then one day I was just like, this is too much. God, I can't handle it. You're not, I, I don't really know you. I hear all about you, but I've never felt you. I've never seen you. I don't really know your love. <clears throat> so I decided to start smoking pot. I said, what is the best way to rebel against my parents? They were hippies in the 60s, the free love rebellion movement that rooted a lot of rebellion in our hearts today. And uh, so I started smoking pot and uh, I, I did that for a year and a half and I did it hardcore. I was like every day, all day long because I wanted to escape the reality that Jesus did love me and I wanted to escape the things in my past that had hurt me. And I wanted to just get away. I, need, I just needed to get away. I needed to stop striving and performing. And uh, in the moment of realizing what I had done, how disobedient I had been to the Lord, I began to cry out and say, Jesus, I see that more drugs are coming my way and I really don't want to do drugs um, besides marijuana because my friend said, if it's not green, it's not clean. And so I said, no other drugs but marijuana, not doing it. But then I was given drugs like ecstasy and, and methamphetamines and different things. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you don't want to do that, Joy. Even though I had said, God, I don't really want to serve you. I don't really want to, I don't really want to know you anymore. I'm so hurt by the church. I was so hurt by the church, but it's because hurt people hurt people. And so I had to come to grips with the fact that I was hurt. And it was a long process for me to get through that process with the Lord. I ended up going to a ministry school. And uh, during that time, I went to the ministry school. The Lord showed me this the other day during some more deliverance. He's like, you went to the ministry school because you didn't want to die, not because you wanted to know me. You just didn't want to die and become a drug addict like all your other friends. And I was like, that's true, God, I, I did. And so in the middle of my ministry school, I got this awesome prophetic word, this amazing prophetic word. You're going to go to the nations. The Lord says you will live in the nations for like six months at a time, sometimes a year. You will go and people will get set free and people will get delivered. You will raise the dead. You will prophesy life and you will change cultures. You will yada, yada, yada. And then you will be a martyr for Christ. <laughs> and in that moment, fear came into my life and inflicted me to the point that I said, no way, God. No way. Because of that deep-rooted rebellion that I had in my heart and that disobedience. And I said, and don't bring it up again, God. See, God is the restorer of all things. Amen. At the age of three to 13, three to seven, three to, three, I don't know, three to, no, seven to 14, I, 13, I prayed every day that I'd be able to work with the Dallas Cowboys. 
I don't know why. I was from Washington State. I prayed every day. Lord, I'd get on my little knees and I'd be like, I really want to work with the Dallas Cowboys. I want to, I want to make them better sports people. You know, like that was my goal. Make them better. And uh, then from the age of 14 until I started doing drugs, uh, like 19, 20, I really wanted to go to the nations. I really wanted to shift cultures. I really wanted to see people set free and fall in love with Jesus. Um, so God is the restorer of all things because I'm here now. The Lord actually uprooted me out of uh, Washington State, brought me to Dallas to work with the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I do right now. I massage and um, see because God, God knew the desires of my heart as a little girl. And right now I'm in a transition in my life where I know that I'm going to be sent to the nations. I know that I'm going to go out and I know that I'm going to come back. And I know that all these things are going to happen because I'm so in love with a man named Jesus. Every day I close my eyes and I look into his eyes of fire that burn with love for me. They burn with love for you guys. And you don't have to do anything to, re you just have to receive. That's all you have to do. So I want to talk a little bit about rebellion and disobedience and how love sets us free from that. Um, the Lord told me yesterday, he said, there are some people here that believe that they're damaged goods. That they're good, but that they're damaged. And the Lord said that today he's going to set you free. He's going to show you who you really are. I'm really excited about that because I believe that lie for a really long time. And it's my testimony that I'm not. That I'm the most favored daughter of Jesus. Favored daughter of God the Father. <laughs> so rebellion is opposition to one in authority or dominance. It's so sneaky how it sneaks into our life because it started in the garden with Adam and Eve when they ate of the fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Disobedience is refusal or failure to obey. Pretty basic. But they stay hidden in our lives. And what they do is they open us up to other demonic entities that try to shut us down from fulfilling the call of God in our lives. For me, it was fear. Because it was generational, I literally wouldn't leave my house as a kid. I was so afraid that something bad would happen. And things bad happened in my house. And so the enemy came in with fear. Uh, Genesis 2, 15 through 18, God gives a command. And it says, you could turn there if you want, but... Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in that day you will surely die. If you go further on to Genesis 3, 1 through 7, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. <clears throat> and he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eye and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Not only did rebellion and disobedience come in uh, in the garden with Adam and Eve, but shame and fear. Like they didn't know, the above scripture says that they, there was no shame in their nakedness. They were completely naked and, and they had no shame. But when, when they ate of the fruit, it opened their eyes to see that they were naked. And then they felt shame. They were afraid that God now know. like they, how, do we, how do we cover ourselves so that God won't, won't find out that we ate the fruit? They make, they make fig leaves and they cover themselves up. So the serpent basically told Eve that she would be wise and he deceived her. And the enemy wants to deceive the body of Christ. And deception and the enemy has overplayed his hand in our lives. And my, my not goal, my belief is that he needs to be exposed and he needs to repay for everything that he's stolen. And so, <clears throat> we have to start walking in the authority that he's given us. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, you're so good. Mm. Yeah. It's because of his great love that he died on the cross for us that he's going to set us free from all these things that torment us. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's pretty basic. <laughs> it, it really is. Because we love God, we keep his commandments, and then we don't get opened up to things in our life. You know, generationally, the Bible talks about how there's generational curses and there's generational blessings coming down our lines. Yeah. And so how do, we, how do we stop those curses from coming down our lines? Through the blood of Jesus. Jesus became a curse for us so that we no longer have to have the curses operating in our life. Also generational repentance. We repent. We change the way we think. And then we appropriate the blood of Jesus. He loved us so much that he gave his only son to come and die for us. He died for you. He died for Matthew. He died for Stephanie. You. He would do it all over again for just one of you. Because he loves us. The Father's love is so huge. <clears throat> You know, the enemy, he likes, to, he likes to get us looking like this, like looking down at ourselves, like, like, how can I fix, I mean, man, that's just horrible guilt I'm feeling. And he gets you to look this way. This my good friend, Crystal, she says, she had this revelation of the joy that's set before you. 
If you can keep your eyes on the joy that's set before you and what Jesus has said and what he has promised, you're no longer looking at yourself and becoming, you're, you're no longer selfish, you're becoming selfless and keeping your eyes on that joy that's set before you. It's so, like, the enemy never does anything new. He does the same things over and over again. If we can catch on to the schemes of the enemy by gazing at Jesus' eyes, that's what I've realized, guys. Like, I'm in healing and deliverance. I do healing and deliverance. It's what, it's what the Lord's had me do. But I've realized that, oh my gosh, if I will just stop and gaze at Jesus' eyes and let him love the crud out of me, literally love the crud right out of me, you know, sometimes we need tools. I'm, uh, like I said, I do healing and deliverance. We need tools. Generational repentance. We close the doors. We kick out demons. We change the way we think. We pour our hearts out to the Lord. He comes and meets us in those memories. Because he's so good. So, today we, uh, Jeremy kind of preached most of my message while he was overseeing. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, go Jeremy, go Jeremy, go. Um, but we need to encounter the Lord. We need to choose Jesus. See, God is such a gentleman <laughs> He's such a gentleman. He will never force you to choose him. If I told Crystal, listen, you're going to be my friend and you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to like it. She's not going to want to be my friend. But if I say, Crystal, I really like you. You're just a, gosh, you carry so much peace. You encourage me so much. Can we be friends? She'd be like, Yes. And see, the Father is looking for intimacy. He's looking for ones that will choose to be intimate with him, that will choose to fall in love with him, no matter the circumstances. Guys, this, this whole week, like, I have not felt the Lord. I have not seen the Lord. I have not heard the Lord. But I love him, and I know that if I will go and I will turn worship music on or prayer, praise music in my house, and I will jump around and I will worship him in the midst of not feeling him, not seeing him, and not knowing him because I choose to engage my will, that he will show up and he will bring breakthrough in my life. It's all a choice. Jesus, we choose you. Jesus, we choose you <laughs> because he chose us. How many of you guys want to walk Jesus. and talk and be like Jesus on the earth today? Yes. I do. Yes. I, I really, really do. So the more I gaze on him and the more I spend time with him, and the more I become intimate with him, the more I know about the secrets of his heart. The more I actually, when I see Jesus rightly, I look out at you guys and I'm like, oh, Sharon, my gosh, 
you are a powerhouse for the kingdom of heaven. When you open up your mouth, you break open heaven and heaven invades earth. Because I looked at Jesus and he told me who you really were. He showed me who I really was. So if I know who I really am, then I'm going to know who you guys really are. Enough of this judgment and criticalness and backbiting and gossip. They are demonic and they are wanting to tear apart the body of Christ. They've done it in families. They've done it in churches. They've done it in organizations. We are a family and we need to come around each other and say, you can do this. I believe in you. Guys, my generation needs mothers and fathers. We have been crying out for mothers and fathers, but yet we've been functioning in rebellion and said, you do it a weird way. You're not doing it the way that God's told me, so I'm not going to submit to you because that's not the way that God showed me. (laughs) And that is rebellion. Do they love Jesus? Do they believe in you? Older generation in here, we need you. We honor you as mothers and fathers of the faith. You guys went before us and you prepared the way for me to be standing here. Forgive us for our rebellious ways. We need you to come up and mother and father us. We need you to believe in us. We need you to believe that we're crazy people of faith. That we'll do the unimaginable, the unthinkable, the crazy things. (laughs) We do. Because I really do believe that God is trying to bridge the generational gaps. And he's trying to get us to function as a family. And how do we function as a family? We function through love and to see people rightly. But we have got to get free. We have got to encounter Jesus Christ and to get free of disobedience and rebellion and fear and shame. Perfect love casts out all fear. We have got to get to know Jesus. We have got to know Daddy, God, Papa, however you relate to him. He is the best love of my life. Young people, I would encourage you to go to an older person, an older generation and say, would you mother and would you father me? Ask the Holy Spirit. Because we need mothers and fathers in the body of Christ to fulfill what God's called us to do. Who's tired of being tormented? Who's tired of being lied to? tricked and who's tired of feeling guilt and condemnation straight from the pit of hell it is a lie from the pit of hell it's what Romans says guys Jesus has loved me out of so much garbage he's loved me out of so much stuff I'm a walking, breathing testimony of his love. I would be dead if it wasn't for Jesus.
So what I really want to do, guys, is I really want to call out to Jesus. Um, Kat, if you wouldn't mind, just... (laughs) 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 Guys, because I'm tired of doing church the old way. I'm tired of doing church the way that we've always done it. I want to encounter Jesus. I want to cry out for the more. I need the more. I need Jesus to encounter me so that I can be set free from everything that hinders me in my life. I am tired of the torment. I am tired of the disillusionment. And Jesus can set us free. So what I felt like when I was praying, I told you about the damaged goods. I also feel like the Holy Spirit is here to set us free from disobedience, rebellion, fear, shame, and control. And probably some other stuff, too. (laughs) I mean, mean, let's just be real. And and you know what's really cool about Jesus? This is, this is, I almost forgot to say this. This is the coolest part about Jesus when he does deliverance. He's so kind. And he's so gentle. Yeah. He never, he never exposes us. He, he exposed, yeah, the lies get exposed, but he never like, Oh, man, don't get me started. When demons manifest and people feel shame about demons manifesting, that's a demon. (laughs) That is a demon trying to cause you shame from manifesting a demon. Why do we allow that to happen? Why do we agree with the enemy that he has that authority in our lives? He doesn't. So what I really want to do is I want to cry out to God for mercy and grace and for him to come set us free.